0: Good morning. Welcome to Front Range. Uh, You guys doing good? Uh, Hey, some of you listen. I wanted to see if it would actually work. Woo. Uh, My name is Brandon Yates. I'm the student pastor here and we're simply a church that wants to help you build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. And so whether you're watching online in the courtyard or here in person, it is so good to have you here with us. Uh, Before we dive into the message today, I have one very important announcement. Uh, It is the most important announcement you will ever hear, at least to me because I'm The student pastor Uh, coming up July twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. We have summer camp that is for all incoming sixth grade through twelfth graders. It is going to be a blast. And so here's what I want to ask of you: if you are an incoming sixth through twelfth grader, or maybe you know one, tell them about this camp. There are only twelve spots left. They will fill up. I promise you. Uh, My life was changed at summer camp, um, and it's something that we hold very dear to our hearts. It is going to be a blast. There's uh, zip lining. There's ropes course. Uh, We're going to be playing slip and slide kickball, some stuff like that. It is going to be legit. So if you're a student, go. Uh, If you have questions about summer camp, you can come talk to me. I'll be at the Parent Connect tent, which is the green tent outside after service. Uh, So any questions you have, come and ask me. Uh, We are in the middle of a series where we're going over the Ten Commandments. And we're talking about them. Uh, And no, if this is your first time, don't worry, I'm not covering all of them today. I'm just covering one. Last week, Pastor Ernest, we were online only, and he talked about how do we keep the Sabbath holy. And so we're going to kind of continue with this uh, with this idea. Um, but before we do, I want to encourage you, uh, if you've missed any of the messages in this series, go to our website. We have something there called the Series Hub, where we have all the messages. And then with those messages, we actually have uh, curated resources, uh, different videos, books, podcasts, things like that, that can help you dive a little bit deeper on your own in studying these scriptures. So whether you missed a, a verse or a, a service. Uh, Uh, or you're just looking to kind of dive a little bit deeper, I would encourage you to check out the series hub. Now, before we dive in, uh, we're going to pray, all right? Jesus, we love you. God, we come before you. God, we ask that you would uh, remove all distractions in our lives. God, we give you permission, and we ask that you would speak to us. God, that you would reveal in us the things that we need to address, the things that we need to give to you. God, would our eyes be on ourselves only. Would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, I want you to pull it out. We're going to be in Exodus chapter twenty, and uh, like I said, we've been talking about all the the, all the commandments. Okay, the first four commandments uh, have to do with our relationship. With God, how do we interact with God um, as the one that we worship? He talked about how we're not supposed to have any other gods before Him, how we're not supposed to have any idols. Uh, Pastor Ernest gave a great message on not using the Lord's name in vain, um, and then keeping your Sabbath holy. And then we kind of see a shift in the Ten Commandments from being our relationship with God focused to our relationship with others focused. And so it's about to get real personal up in this joint, and so get real comfortable. Uh, It's going to be good, and so uh, I'm excited. But real talk for just a moment, okay, if I can be honest with you guys, um, this next commandment I've got pretty covered, okay? I don't mean to brag. There are some that I, I struggle with that I need to work on, but this one I'm awesome at, okay? So if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 20 verse 13 says this, You shall not murder. You guys got it? We can go home now. Let's pray. It's pretty simple, right? You shall not murder. Now, I know what you guys are saying. You're you're thinking, hey, that guy's bald. He's got a beard. He's got tattoos. He's obviously spent eight to ten years in prison for something. No, I have not. That's not something to celebrate. But I have it. Okay? Uh, I haven't. This, this one, this one, I'm I'm crushing it. I'm, I'm doing awesome. Um, I, I think most of us, when we look at this commandment, uh, this is kind of like the gold standard of commandments. We look at this and we compare everything to it. Like I might be breaking this commandment, but then we justify it. And we're like, but I didn't kill nobody today, so we're good, right? Like this is this is the standard. This is the one that we look at and we're like, okay. At least I'm not as bad as that person, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, right? Murder is one of the oldest sins that we see in Scripture, and it's uh, one of, it's recognized as one of the worst things that we can actually do, right? The first kids ever born, okay? Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel, murdered him, took a rock, bam, done, Right? We can say, "Hey, it's not like I'm killing anybody," but really what we should be saying is like, "At least I didn't invent murder." Like, at least I'm not that guy for all eternity will be reminded as that. Right? Like, at least at least we're not there, right? It's an easy one. This is an easy verse when we read the commandment, the 10 commandments. It's easy for us to be like, "Oh, y- yep, that's easy," and we just brush by it, right? It's four words. And most of us, I hope all of us are really really good at this one right? But what if there's something more here? What if there's more than meets the eye? What if it it, it goes a little bit deeper, right? Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, he takes this commandment and he kind of flips it upside down. He he, he raises the bar and he clears up any confusion about what God's desire is for us as followers of Christ with this commandment. So Matthew chapter 5, Starting in verse 21, this is what it says. It says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the courts. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Wow, that's a whole lot added to that, right? Like, that's, that's not what some people signed up for, right? They're like, hold on a second, I'm just down with not killing people, but now you're telling me I can't be mad? Like, what's, what's going on? So when we look at this, this word raka here was, was almost was an insult, and it, it kind of meant, meant stupid, it meant empty-headed, it meant brainless, and it derived from a word that actually meant to spit, and this word in Jesus' time was actually used as an insult from the Jewish leaders to the people who they didn't really think came up to their standards. The people that didn't, like, they didn't need their respect. The people that they disliked. The people that they judged. And so Jesus here is using modern language to talk and, and kind of paint the picture of what it actually means to have this anger and this bitterness kind of bit uh, Bent up in your heart. Now, uh, modern day, we'd say, we'd say idiot, we'd say boneheaded, um, or my favorite insults is the cotton headed nidney muggins. That's, that's, yeah, come on, that's a really, that just like, ugh. When you say that to somebody at the grocery store, they're like, wow, like, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, right? Or um, some of us, um, we, we, we drive pretty aggressively. So we have things we say when we drive. I don't drive aggressively at all. But when people around me drive aggressively, I like to call them donkey drivers. Um, That's kind of an insult that I have. You can use it, but if you use it, you got to give me credit for it, okay? Right? So these are insults. And then he continues, and he says, if any of you call somebody a fool, right, you're going to be like, there's judgment coming. This word fool comes from the word moros, which is where we get the word moron. It's where we get the word moron for, and uh, Jesus is is saying, "Hey, there's there's more than just don't murder, right? He's he's saying that that murder is the end result of something that starts far sooner, and it starts in our hearts, and it's something that if we don't address, could ultimately." lead to this place. And Jesus shows the people of this time that there's more than just what they've been brought up with. There's more than just the, the tradition of the Ten Commandments. There's more than just what's there. And for us, that's a challenge that when we read scripture, oftentimes there's more than just what we read, but sometimes it has to be us diving to see what's actually in the text. Now, I just want to be real clear about something right here, that Jesus is not saying that anger and murder are the same thing, okay? He's not saying that anger and murder are the same thing. I think all of us understand that somebody who yells at somebody in the grocery store versus somebody that murders somebody, there is a total difference, right? Now, they are both sin and they are both condemned by God, but I think we would be pretty morally corrupt to say that somebody who yells at someone and somebody who murders is is the same, right? They're, they're, They're not the same, but they're both condemned. Now, this commandment found in Exodus only dealt with that outward act, and that's what people were living up to. They were living up to that low standard, and Jesus comes and he says, no, no, no. God's heart for you, God's heart for us, is so much greater than that. So he flips it on us, and he starts talking about our emotions. He starts talking about our anger, and how it takes root. Now, let's just get this out there, okay, by show of hands, uh, how many of you have ever been angry at a parent, okay? How many of you guys have ever been angry at your kids? How many of you have ever been angry at a friend? Okay. How many of you have ever been angry at a social media post and you just get on there and you're just keyboard warrior like, ugh. Anybody? Okay. The rest of you just aren't admitting it. But it's okay. Like, we see things. We, we, we get angry and it, 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 it does something. Something has to happen within our hearts. We have to recognize that when we read, thou shalt not murder, that's not like a check that off, that's great. What if we actually challenged ourselves to look at how we're living and how we're dealing with people and the anger that all of us deal with and have the opportunity to be consumed by? Anger comes from a lot of different sources in our lives. Anger comes from a lot of different places, but it takes root all in the same place when left undealt with, and that's the heart and it can corrode our heart, and it can destroy relationships, and it can change who we are, and many of us have experienced actual physical sickness because of the bitterness and anger and unforgiveness that we have chosen to hold on to. So what needs to be done? What do we have to do with this anger? If, If Thou shalt not murder is kind of the low bar, then addressing our anger so that it doesn't get there is the high bar. Well, in light of what Jesus reveals to us here, what do we need to do with our anger? The first thing is this, that we need to identify the source of our anger. We have to identify the source of our anger. In Matthew chapter 5, 22, he says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Now, this word brother and sister here, he's not just saying your blood relatives. He's not just saying the, the the kin of the family. No, this this word is an inclusive term, meaning for all mankind, for all humanity, meaning that nobody is without exception. Okay? No one goes beyond these statements. It says that if you're mad, then you need to do something about it. You gotta address it. Now, if you're a parent or you are a spouse, uh, sometimes identifying the source of your anger is a little bit easier. It's usually about this tall, no, I'm kidding, right? But it's easier to identify sometimes, okay? So my wife and I, we've been married for 14 years this past June, uh, 14 years, and she's amazing, and I can full-confident say that I have made her mad, okay? Some of those are very justified, some of them not so much. And on the other side, I can with full confidence say that she's made me mad, okay? Now, any of you guys ever wake up in the morning mad at your spouse? Anybody, just show of hands, anyone just woke up? Okay, just a few of us. Okay, I'll I'll still share this story, okay? So a, a couple weeks ago, sleeping, I wake up and I just wake up mad. And I wake up mad at Jackie. I don't know why I'm mad at Jackie, okay? We didn't get in any fight, like nothing happened. I just woke up and I was mad at her. You know that kind of mad where you're like, don't even look at me, like, oh, like I was, I was mad. And I, I, I fully understand I was not in the right, okay? But all day it just like brewed and just like, it was like, oh, I'm so mad, but I didn't know why. And all day she's like, why are you acting like this? Like, I didn't do nothing. I'm like, I don't know, but I'm mad. <laughs> uh. So we get home. From work. I get home from work, she gets home from work, we start cooking dinner, and it was one of those things where like throwing pots and like moving around, like don't touch me like kind of type anger, and as I'm sitting there cooking, it comes into my brain, I'm like, aha, I looked at her, I said, I know I am mad at you, said, great, tell me why, I was Like last night, you cheated on me in a dream. Some of y'all are remembering some dreams you had now, okay? She just started laughing. She was like, yeah, but I didn't in real life. I'm like, I know, this is stupid. We identified the source of the anger and it kind of went away, right? We were able to talk about it, we laughed, she gave me a hug, we ate dinner, everything was fine, right? And I get that that's a funny story, that's a a silly little thing, but there are moments and situations and things that happen in our lives where we don't put in the work to identify the source of our anger, and so the anger just sits, and it grows, and it takes root, and it consumes, and it literally starts to suck the life out of us. See, knowing what to do with our anger and how to identify the anger are some very important skills that we need to learn. And that I think as we look in these scriptures, we can see some of those things. So I'm gonna, we're going to have some, some things on the, the screen that I would love for you to write down or maybe take a picture as it builds. But these are some important things that we need to do when it comes to our anger. When coming to our anger, a few important things that we need to do. First thing is this, is that it's important to create space. It's important to create space. Now, I'm I'm just gonna start off, I'm not saying like, oh, you made me mad, I'm angry, I'm gonna walk away from this relationship for three years and just give it space. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I know from me that my gut reaction oftentimes in situations does not produce the best fruits. I say things, I do things that I don't want to in the heat of my anger. And so what if we create a space to look at and figure out what's going on and to calm down? We don't want to say something or do something that we're going to regret. So when we're in the heat of that anger, it's important to create space. The Next thing is it's important to reflect on the cause. Think about what specifically triggered or caused that anger. What was the situation? Was it someone, like something said? Was it someone, someone th- like, did they do something to you? Did they post something? Did they not do something that they were supposed to do? Figuring out the cause of why we are angry is so important because oftentimes when we actually dive into it and look at it, we realize that we're upset because of a secondary issue. Oftentimes it's something within us that actually makes us more upset than what somebody actually did or said to us. There's underlying issues there, which leads to the next one that's important. It's important for us to explore underlying emotions. It's important for us to explore underlying emotions. One thing I've learned is that anger oftentimes is a mask for a whole lot of other emotions. Anger is a mask to fear. It's a mask to pain. It's a mask to worry or anxiety. Oftentimes anger is not the ultimate thing we are dealing with but are we willing to look under the surface and figure out what are we actually angry at? Or what am I actually afraid at? What's going on beneath the surface? That's important, why? So that we can actually begin to address it. That leads to the next thing, is that it's important to consider your past. (laughs) Some of us are like, nope, I'm out of the past for a reason, right? trying to get away from it, but it's important for us to look at our story, to figure out what have we come through, what is the trauma and the pain and the fear and the good times and the bad times, what, are, what what has happened to us in our life, why is that important, it's important because it frames how we take everything in life in, it frames how we're happy, it frames why we're happy, it frames why we're angry and what makes us angry, and it's important for us to do the hard work of figuring out what is our past and how does it actually impact my current circumstances and my future responses. We have to consider our past. But oftentimes, we don't want to do this alone. This is hard. This is nasty. And it leads us to the next thing that, if needed, it's important to talk to a Christian counselor. It's important to talk to a Christian counselor. If you find it difficult To overcome these things, if you find it difficult to identify the source of your anger, you feel like your anger is consuming you all the times and you just don't know what to do, it's okay I've been there. It's not okay to stay there. Find somebody that you can talk to. Find somebody that can help you kind of navigate the different things and identify the source and identify the cause and understand the emotions and all of those things. It's so important. And I'm not just up here telling you to do it. I go to a counselor often, and I can tell you that my friends and family can see a difference when I skip my counseling or when I go. Why? Because it helps me do all of this important work to get to the place where healing can begin, where I can start releasing that anger and I can start dealing with the root cause. This process of identifying the source is hard. It could take a lot of work, but it is the beginning of healing. If you find yourself angry, or if you find yourself more angry than you're happy, start doing the work. I promise you, you can experience that healing. So the first thing is identify as a source of anger. The second thing we need to do when, ang- when, when we have anger is we need to seek forgiveness. We need to seek forgiveness. Now, this isn't a passive point. This isn't something that's like, hey, seek forgiveness. Cool, we'll just put it on the shelf and look at it and be like, that's a cool thing. No, this actually takes us putting in work, putting in the effort to actually see this anger that has the potential to control us actually snuffed out in our lives to take us places, this anger can take us places and make us people we never wanted to be, right? We've seen it, people that are always just angry and grumpy and mad and they're just, right? I guarantee you, most of those people like, no, it's just anger and things left undealt with. We need to seek forgiveness. That word seek denotes a sense of intentionality, meaning that we have a part to play. You have a part to play in the anger that you are holding on to. See, we never arrive, we never arrive at forgiveness by accident. We never arrive at forgiveness by accident. We never arrive at a destination by accident, right? We might be driving and be like, oh, that's a cool restaurant, let's go eat there. But it's not like that was the plan and then we just happened to be there, right? A Couple years ago, our family, uh, we decided to take a road trip to Lubbock, Texas, and I know what you're thinking, why'd you go to Lubbock? We had our reasons, stop judging me, okay? nothing real great in Lubbock so sorry if you're from there so we decide we're going to Lubbock okay we pack up the car the night before we leave and we wake up the kids at 3 a.m. and we get in the car why did we pack up at 3 a.m. We packed up at 3 a.m. because we thought hey we'll get them in the car they'll fall asleep it'll be quiet it'll be great it doesn't happen never doing that again if you're a new parent don't plan on it not going to work Okay? We, get on, we get on the highway, and we start driving, and from the back of our minivan, my son pipes up and he says, hey, Dad, do you know where we're going? No. I have no idea where we're going, dude. I, I figured if we just drive that way, we'll get there soon. That way. We'll get there soon enough. I, of course I know. Of course I know where we're heading because I know where I wanna go, I'm gonna do the process and do the work to figure out how we're gonna get there. Now that process was literally this, Lubbock, Texas, go. Right, it's fantastic. I remember being a kid my dad taking us on trips and he'd pull out the map, be yelling at my mom, it's upside down, Like, it's great, we've got GPS now. It was like, you know, of course I know because I'm doing the work, I'm putting in the effort to figure out where we're going. Right, our anger and our forgiveness if we don't have an intentional plan on figuring out how do we deal with these things, we will end up being someone and doing something that we never fully intended to do. Many of us end up somewhere else because we didn't put in the work. But are we willing to seek forgiveness? Now, when we seek forgiveness, that's a broad term. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm seeking forgiveness, uh, I don't know. Like, no, we have to seek forgiveness very specifically. We have to seek forgiveness with God. We have to seek forgiveness with God. See, seeking forgiveness with God involves a genuine repentance on our behalf, which means it's more than simple words. It's more than us just coming to church and sitting in our chair saying, God, I'm sorry. No, repentance and turning to God is, is saying, God, I am broken. I am sinful, and I need to be forgiven. And then it means that I actually take a step in the direction to change my behavior. Seeking forgiveness sometimes can be, can be scary for some of us because we think that our God is a judgmental God who's just up there saying, hey, get your stuff together before you come to me. But nothing is further from the truth. Our God is not a God of judgment and anger. Our God is a God of love and grace and repentance and forgiveness. You know how I know that? Because 2,000 years ago, he sent his son Jesus to this earth to walk a sinless, perfect life and ultimately pay the debt for the sin that you and I have committed. He hung on a cross and he freely gave his life. He endured the pain. He endured the shame. And he gave up his spirit to God so that we could have a path to forgiveness and salvation. Then he was put in the tomb. And three days later, he rose from the grave and he conquered death and hell. Why? So that we could seek forgiveness with God. Because there is no way that I can do anything to forgive myself. But what I can do is I can turn and I can run to Jesus in the midst of my brokenness and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your help. I'm angry, I'm bitter, I'm broken, I'm judgmental, and Jesus, I need you. I love this verse, Acts three, nineteen. it says, repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that picture, that times of refreshing may come, repent, and turn from the Lord. You're dealing with anger. You're dealing with bitterness. You're holding on to it. You're justifying it. Seek forgiveness with God. Run to him, and it says that times of refreshing will come. I don't think I've ever held on to anger and bitterness and judgment and sat there and been like, yep, this is great. No, it takes a toll on us. But here it says when we run to God, the times of refreshing are coming. Repentance shows a sincere desire not only to turn to God but also change the way we are living and come into alignment with who He is and who He's called us to be. So we need to seek forgiveness with God and then we need to seek forgiveness with people. This one's not that fun sometimes. Matthew 5 23, it says this, it says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you it says leave your gift in front of the altar go and first go and be reconciled to them then come and give your offering Jesus said hey forget all the religious duty said hey don't do church He's saying, hey, go be reconciled. That word reconciled means to be made right with, to renew a relationship or to change the mind of somebody. He's saying, go be reconciled. And again, this brother and sister, remember, this is everybody. He's saying, hey, when you come to get right with me, make sure you're right with my people too. We've got a part to play. In a moment, we're going to have an opportunity for what we call response time. Where we kind of figure out what God is saying to us and what he actually wants us to do about it. And I'll explain more about it in a moment. But today, maybe the thing that God wants you to do the most out of this message is maybe to go outside and make a phone call. Maybe it's to have a conversation. Maybe it's to release that anger that you've been holding on to and it's giving it over to God, maybe the holiest thing that you can do today in response to this message say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? No, what I'm not saying is that every relationship that's strained or broken or hurting, God is saying it has to be 100% like it was before. Because sometimes that's just not the case. What he is saying is, what anger are you holding on to in your heart that you need to release? What bitterness? What work do you need to put in? we need to seek forgiveness with God and seek forgiveness with others. And then finally, we need to give forgiveness. We need to give forgiveness. Again, this one is really hard. Why? I think a lot of us like to be the victim. A lot of us like to hold on to this anger. If we don't, if we don't get to hold on to the anger, then, then what do we have? Right? If, we, if we release the anger, then, then who's going to hold on to it? Right? They, they offended me. They hurt me. I'm going to hold on to this anger and that will show them. doesn't really work that way, guys. It's not the thing that we need to be doing. We need to be giving forgiveness. Oftentimes, those people don't even realize you're as angry as you are. That's why it's important for us to give forgiveness. There's an adage that says that anger and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When we hold on to that anger, when we hold on to that, that, that unforgiveness, or, it's not affecting them. It's not teaching them a lesson. It's impacting you. It's hardening your heart. It's cutting you off from being able to hear from God. It's physically changing who you are. And the only thing everyone else sees is the result of that anger in your life. Let me tell you this. This one's hard. But I'll say that it is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Giving forgiveness is only possible by looking at the cross. And understanding and receiving what Jesus has done for you. And when we receive that forgiveness, we can understand that if Jesus can forgive a sinful, broken person like me, then I need to forgive freely and openly. We're going to end with this verse. Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32. It says this. It says, get rid of of all bitterness and rage. This rage here, it's talking about that anger that comes up over and over again anytime that one person walks into the room. And we've been there. It says get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. It says be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And it says to get rid of, it literally means to remove from its place. There's some of us sitting in this room and watching online who have taken anger and seated it on the place of our heart. And God is calling us to remove, to get rid of that anger and that bitterness and give it to him. The only way we can do that is through a relationship with Jesus. Through understanding what God has done for us and the forgiveness that we have that Jesus gave on the cross. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you. Jesus, I thank you for your forgiveness. God, I thank you for that free gift of salvation that you offer to each and every one of us. God, I'm broken and I'm a sinner you still call me son. You still welcome me in. God, I thank you that by your power, you give me the strength and the courage and the boldness to identify the anger in my heart. And God, I pray that we would have that same power and courage to remove the anger, to ask for forgiveness, and to freely give it. Jesus, I pray for those of us who are in this room or watching online who don't yet know you as Lord and Savior. Jesus, I pray that in this moment, God, that you would make yourself very real, that we would recognize the need for a Savior, that we would recognize the need for your forgiveness. Call us home to you, God. God, I pray as we respond, God, that you would remove all distraction. God, that you would remove all excuses. And God, that you would give us the boldness and the courage to do what you call us to do in the next few moments. In Jesus' name.